How's everybody doing? Stand up. Stretch out one more time. Stand up. I know you've been seated a little bit here. All right. Typically, we'd be leaving the church right now. Today, we're in overtime. All right. Stretch it out. I want to make sure we're alert and awake. All right. Have a seat. Have a seat. It's pretty special seeing all those babies, right? Man, that's just a blessing, a blessing from the Lord, a heritage. You know, uh, Mother's Day is, uh, it's a great day. It's a great day. You know, I, I remember when I was growing up, uh, Mother's Day was a day in which we would, uh, we would dress a little nicer than we did on other days. I'm not so sure that that holds true in Southern California, uh, you know, but, but nevertheless, uh, do you remember the days when you'd wake up on Mother's Day and you'd put on your best dress and your best looking collared shirt and tie? Raise your hand if you remember those days, okay? All right, a few of you, okay. I remember doing that every Mother's Day. I went to a church, boy, where you, it, you were looking your best on Mother's Day, on Easter, and on Christmas. Those were the three big days there. Mom would always dress me up in a nice... Uh, collared shirt and tie and I was trying to pull that thing off all Sunday long but she she left it on there she made sure I had it on tight Uh, mom likes her family to look sharp right mom likes her family to look sharp and so when it's her day sons are in collared shirts and ties daughters are in dresses and husbands well, let's say it's, it's not Hawaiian Shirt Sunday, okay? It's not Hawaiian Shirt Sunday. And mom, well, mom, she... I, I, see, I see a few Hawaiian shirts, I know. I know. <laughs> Renee, come on, Renee. Hawaiian shirt. Mother's Day, Renee. <laughs> and mom, mom on Mother's Day, well, you know what? She always looks good. Doesn't matter what she's wearing. She looks like a perfect 10 on Mother's Day, Right? Right. On Mother's Day, everybody looks sharp. By and large, we wear clothes that, uh, that make mom proud. But you know, the clothes we wear uh, aren't just to please mom. Uh, our style and our preference in clothing uh, is always born out of a desire to affiliate with someone or something. We wear things, we put things on that we affiliate with, or that we would perhaps maybe like to affiliate with. For instance, uh, many of you like to wear sports jerseys. You affiliate with that team. I just saw Doug the other day wearing an Oakland A's jersey, and I was really proud of him. Right, Doug? No, okay, it's Angels. That's right, I'm sorry, Doug. Many of you wear a university t-shirt or a high school t-shirt. You're really proud of, of the college that you went to or the high school that you graduated from. Uh, some of you, uh, you know, like Tom Bennett, you wear the latest rock band t-shirt. And I heard Tom, I, I, no, I noticed you had a Jonas Brothers t-shirt on the other day. That looked really good. That looked really good on you. Others go for a little bit more style. We've got some stylists in this church. We've got Jen Harrison coming from St. John's Knits all the time. Jen, we've got uh, Jody Meschuk, a personal shopper at Nordstrom's. And then you got Neil Anderson style, which is Target and Walmart. Yes. How many of you are Target and Walmart fans? Raise your hand. That's the kind of style I'm into. It's called cheap. 
Well, this morning I'm going to do something I've never done before. Today I'm going to give a lecture on beauty and fashion. A lecture on beauty and fashion. That's right. You heard it. You heard it clear. I was going to consult with Jen and Jody about beauty and fashion, but alas, I've decided to go it alone. After all, it's hard to go wrong when you have such significant shopping experience at places like Target and Walmart. So, uh, you, you know, you may have heard of it, a divine appointment before. You may have heard that phrase, a divine appointment. Well, today, the title of my message today is Divine Adornment. Divine Adornment. And I want to answer two questions today. Two questions. Follow along on your outlines today. We're not going to have slides behind me this morning, but the two questions that I'd like to answer is, number one, how is the Lord adorned? How is the Lord adorned? And secondly, how are we adorned? And how are we to be adorned? The two questions today, how is the Lord adorned, number one? And number two, how are we adorned and how are we to be adorned? These are the questions that I would like to ask today. And I've listed a number of scriptures that we're going to go through. You can look on your outline or you can turn there in your Bibles. Uh, but first the question, how is the Lord adorned? And I know it might sound like an awkward question, but what I'm asking, what I'm looking for right now is, when the Scriptures speak of God, what do they say about His attire? What do they say about His adornment? Take a look at Psalm 104, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 104, verses 1 through 3. It says this, Psalm 104, 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, You are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Who cover Yourself with light as with a garment. Who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of His upper chambers in the waters. Who makes the clouds His chariot. Who walks on the wings of of the wind. The psalmist writes in Psalm 104 that God covers himself in light. You remember the song we sang uh, earlier in worship today? He wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide. Friends, the words of that song are very biblical words. They are drawn out of a number of scriptures that we could point to. Among them, our 1 John 1.9, which says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. God is light. He adorns Himself in brilliant light. And you know, there's something peculiar about the opening chapter in Genesis. Have you ever noticed it? On day one of creation, God says what? Let there be... Light. When's the sun created by the Lord? Day three. Okay, so day three, the sun's created. And day one, God says, let there be light. Why the discrepancy? There is no discrepancy. God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. In His nature... 
in His spiritual state, God the Father exists as brilliant light. And when He said, let there be light upon the earth, what we can infer from that is He said, let My presence fill this place. Let it be lit up there with Me. And day three came the sun. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light. He is adorned in light. In Him is no darkness at all. And of course, this makes perfect sense too because in Revelation 21, verses 23-26, to it says that the new Jerusalem has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminates it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Friends, when we get to the kingdom, when we leave this temporal abode and go on to the eternal state, there won't be a sun, there won't be a moon, but there will be brilliant light. And it will emanate from God. It will radiate from God's presence. He is adorned in light. God is light. He is clothed in light. I'm not sure that light colors are in style right now, but I think they should be. Oh man, that did not come off well. Let me try that joke again, just just for my sake. I'm not sure that light colors are in right now, but I think they should be. Alright, alright, alright. Oh man, that was cheesy. Whew, strike that. Back to verse 1. Look at, look at verse 1 in Psalm 104. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, You are great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Clothed with honor and majesty. Now what does this mean? These are attributes. These are characteristics. These are not physical attire. Or are they? Now here's, uh, here's my first uh, tip on beauty. First tip on beauty today in your outline. Write this in. The Lord is beautiful. The Lord is beautiful. He is arrayed in brilliant light. Uniquely, the Scriptures most often speak of His beauty in terms of the attributes that adorn Him. Thus, His beauty is best understood by knowing His character. I'll read that again so you can fill in the blanks on your outline. The Lord is beautiful. He is arrayed in brilliant light. But uniquely, the Scriptures most often speak of His beauty in terms of the attributes or the characteristics that adorn Him. Thus, His beauty is best understood by knowing His character. Now, I know it's a little cliche. I've, you've heard it said and I've heard it said. It's a little cliche when we hear that, well, it, your outer beauty is not what matters. It's your inner beauty that matters. You know, sometimes we think, oh, come on, I've heard that before. That's kind of a cheesy line. Something that parents say to their kids all the time. It's not your outer beauty, it's your inner beauty that matters, right? Sounds cliche sometimes. According to the Scriptures, it's It's reality. It's reality. It is real beauty. Real beauty, according to the Word of God, is what is taking place in the person. The attributes, the characteristics. 
That's what makes someone beautiful. That is real beauty. Not a cliche. It is what beauty is. Were we to behold the Lord right now in the heavenly places, were we to behold Him, what we would see is brilliant light. Even still, the Word which He has given to us, it speaks less about Him being a God of light and so much more about His attributes, about His characteristics that emanate and that radiate that light. We're in the physical world and we often look on the outside for beauty. We look at the the exterior and we see beauty. And the Scriptures speak of God's exterior beauty. It is light, brilliant light. But so much more so than that. The Scriptures speak much more about the attributes, about the characteristics that enrobe the Lord, that clothe the Lord. It is the Lord's inner beauty that He wants us to see. And thus in verse 1 of Psalm 104, we read, He is clothed with honor, clothed with majesty. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. Take a look at Psalm 95. Psalm 93 on your outline there. Psalm 93, it says, The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded Himself with strength. Surely the world is established that it cannot be moved. Your throne, Lord, is established from of old. You are from everlasting. Your testimonies, very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Clothed in majesty. Girded with strength. Holiness adorns His house. Majesty, strength, holiness. These are things that God is clothed in according to the Scriptures. Things that adorn both Himself and His dwelling place. And again, in Isaiah chapter 6, this is, uh, I'm sure for many of you, one of your most favorite passages. Isaiah chapter 6, when the prophet Isaiah beholds the Lord, he's taken up in a vision, and this is what he sees in Isaiah 6 verse 1. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple with glory. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two they covered their face. With two He covered His feet. With two, with two others He flew. And one cried to another. These, these, these great beings in the heavenly places, they cried to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The Scriptures that attest to the Lord's beauty rarely ever speak of His attire without also mentioning His attributes. The train of His robe filled the temple with glory, but what you heard was that He was holy, holy, holy. What you heard was that the whole earth is filled with His glory. The Lord's outer attire of light, always coupled with the inner beauty of majesty, strength, glory, holiness. What does this tell us about beauty? It tells us that our beauty does not come from what we wear alone. 
Our beauty does not come primarily or only from what we wear. But it comes from who we are. It comes from who we are. And who are we? Who are we? Well, those of you who have believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are sons and daughters of the living God. You are sons and daughters of the living God. And this is what Paul says about you in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Take a look. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are new in Christ. Almost like wrapping yourself in brand new clothes. How many, of, how many of you love to shop? Raise your hand if you love to shop. Okay, come on now. Come on. All right, all right. I see uh, Jen, good. Hands raised high. EJ, all right, I see it. Many of us love to shop, right? We, we like buying something new, something fresh. Wow. New suit, new tie, new, new dress, new shoes. We like that. It, it brings us a sense of joy to have something new and something fresh. You know what Paul says? Paul says, you're new. You're new. You're brand new in Jesus Christ. You're brand new because you believe in Jesus Christ. You are a new creation. And the joy, that little joy you get from shopping, from buying a nice new pair of shoes, magnified a millionfold. You are new in Christ. Joy inexpressible. You are a new creation. Old things have passed. Behold, all things are new. And what is more, you've been adorned by God. Look at Isaiah 61, verse 10. Isaiah 61, verse 10 says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. So we have been adorned with the salvation of our God. We are new in Christ. We've been wrapped in salvation. Made beautiful. And now new in Christ, Jesus tells us, don't ever go back to the old garments, friends. Don't ever go back to the old Rags, the old garments. There's something peculiar that Jesus says in Mark 2.21. We studied it uh, about a year and a half ago when we, when we went through the Gospel of Mark. Take a look at Jesus' words in Mark 2.21. I want to explain them again. They're very significant words. They should never be overlooked. Jesus says this in Mark 2.21. He says, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment... Or else the new piece, the unshrunk piece, that brand new piece, pulls away from the old. And the tear is made worse. What Jesus' words are kind of peculiar. They're, they're, they're kind of enigmatic. Kind of mysterious. But what He's saying is this. Something has changed. Something has changed in you because of faith in Jesus Christ. 
your nature has changed. Your old sinful nature, like an old garment, has been done away with. And now, your new spiritual and eternal nature, like a new garment, is adorned upon you. And Jesus in Mark 2.21 is saying, the old and the new, guess what? They don't mix. The old and the new don't mix. We are new in Christ. The old and the new no longer go together. Our soul has been eternally changed. It is as if we have, been put, we have put on perpetually new clothes. And it would be absurd to return to the old way of life. We'd be crazy to put on those old rags again. We don't put new cloth upon old rags. You are new. You have been eternally changed by faith in Christ. Don't ever return to the former way of life. Be who you are, Jesus says. Be who you are. In Jesus' words in Mark 2.21, exactly Paul's words in Romans 6.7. On your outline, look at the indented one there. Romans 6.7, Our old man was crucified, Paul says, with him, with Christ, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. That he there, in verse 7, it's not talking about Christ, it's talking about you. You have been freed. You have been freed from sin. You have a new nature. God's Spirit is within you. A new creation in Christ. You put on new garments. Paul says, don't go back to the old way. Don't put on those rags. It's also exactly the, the same, uh, I would argue, the exact theme in the entire, gospel of, uh, entire epistle of 1 John. Jesus' words in Mark 2.21 be who you are. Don't put on old rags. Paul's words in Romans 6-7, be who you are. Don't put on the old garments. The whole book of 1 John, be who you are. If anyone does not have the love of God, then he is not of God. Now, Some people take that to mean, well, he, that means he doesn't have any kind of relationship with God. No, that's not what John is saying in 1 John. He's saying if anyone does not have the love of God in him, he is not of God. That is to say, he is not radiating the presence of God. He is not acting on behalf of God. He's acting like his old self. We need to act like our real self, our true self, what we have now in Christ. Second tip today on beauty. Through Christ, we have been made beautiful. We've been made beautiful on your outline. Christ has replaced our old garments of sin and death with new ones, resurrection life. Now new in Christ, we look like our true self when we are wearing the Word. I'll read that again. Through Christ, we have been made beautiful. Christ has replaced our old garments with new ones. Now new in Christ, we look like our true self when we are wearing the Word. You know, in the video we saw, uh, which was made by a good friend of mine, uh, he just makes magnificent stuff. Great, great for churches and ministries. Um, that video... Uh, Matt, he put in a text from Deuteronomy. 
Um, a, a very famous text from Deuteronomy chapter 11. Let's, let's read it there on your outline. It says, Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall teach them to your children. Speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Later on, it goes on to say that, that, that you may be blessed. Your children may be multiplied. Moses, speaking on behalf of God to the people of Israel, saying, put the Word at the forefront of your face. Put it on your hand. Put it between your eyes. Wear the Word. Wear the Word. That's how you become beautiful. Uh, the Jews of Jesus' day, uh, they took this to, very seriously. And uh, they, you may have heard the term uh, phylactery. How many of you have heard the term phylactery? Raise your hand. A few of you. Okay, good. A phylactery is a very literal uh, understanding of this text. Uh, the Jews of Jesus' day, and, and some to this day, they would, they would literally tie leather boxes to their foreheads. And in those leather boxes, in these phylacteries, they would insert a tiny scroll with a word of God written on the scroll. A phylactery. They would, put it, they would literally wear it on their head in honor of this text. But Jesus says later on in Matthew 23, He says, hey, don't, don't be ostentatious about this. Don't let everybody see you... Uh, ostentatiously or, or, or showingly wearing the Word. He says, be discreet about it. Don't make your phylacteries, he says in Matthew 23, broad and enlarge the borders of your garments. He says, show humility. Wear the Word with grace, with peace. Don't let other people think of you as somebody, well, he's just going to slam the Word upon me. Or she's just going to remind me, well, and then the Scriptures it says so-and-so. No, he says, wear it with grace. Wear it with humility. The Lord values humility. And uh, mom, mom, it's, it's your day. Uh, we've been talking about attire and, and clothing. And I know on Mother's Day, it's, it's, it's usually important for moms to see their family dressed well, dressed looking sharp. Uh, but the Scriptures, as we, as we come to a close here, the Scriptures have some things to say about attire. Look at 1 Peter 3. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. Mom, that's how you are beautiful. Proverbs 31. Strength and honor are her clothing, speaking of the woman. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Verse 30, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Mom, you look your best when you're wearing the Word. You look your best when you're wearing the Word. And all of us, we look our best when we're wearing the Word. It is one thing to get a compliment about how we look. Ah, oh, you have a nice dress on today. You have a you have a nice shirt on. I really like those shoes. That that's 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 a nice compliment. 
And we feel good about that. But let the compliments of us be in accordance with wearing the Word upon us. May people look at us and say, I see, I see you clothed in humility. I see you wearing grace upon you. May we, like the Lord, may our clothing be the attributes and the characteristics and not merely the outward dress. Matthew 6, we read it in the morning worship. Why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Friends, the Lord is beautiful. We don't often say, we don't often contemplate it. I want you to leave today knowing the Lord is beautiful. Arrayed in light, but even greater still, light that is radiated by His attributes, by His characteristics. Now that we have been made beautiful by faith in Christ, be who you are. Don't go back to the old garments, the old attire. Be who you are, new in Christ. Wear the Word upon yourself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You, Lord, for this uh, biblical Word on, on adornment. We thank You for Your truth in Your Scriptures, Father, as You teach us what it means to have true beauty. And Father, on a day such as this, when, when we celebrate our, our mothers, and when we, we look our best for them, may we all be reminded, both mother and father and children and all the rest, Father, may we be reminded that, that true beauty, true beauty comes from You and it comes from wearing Your Word upon us. Father, may You remind us to be who we are, new in Christ. May we never go back to the old garments. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.